Hello, everyone. We're just jumping in really fast before getting into the guest episode to say that the March Madness is now live. So we have created a bracket of the hottest, according to us, Disney and Pixar characters. Half of them are villains. Half of them are hero sidekicks. We purposefully left out princes and princesses from official Disney princess films um, just to try and shake things up a little bit you'll just want to email abttg95 at gmail.com with the subject line march madness and it'll ping back a response with a link to go fill out that bracket just oh so the rules this year we are going to kind of combine the two ways we've done it so you are going to be filling it out according to your own preferences that what who you think is the hottest disney character so um, there will be no winner this year because it's just not going to be a competition. It's more just going to be for fun, finding out what, what you think. But Lauren and I will be filling it out together. We ha- will have to agree like we did last year. We'll have to work it out. But then we'll just see what our combined ideas, what the podcast bracket, how it stacks up against the community bracket. So again, there will be no winner. You don't have to fill it out in any sort of way. Just fill it out as you would for fun. But get excited for that those are live now they are going to be open through march 15th that is a hard deadline so if you want to participate please make sure you do it by then and again you're going to do that by emailing abttg95 at gmail.com with the subject line march madness okay back to the episode thank you cut all <laughs> Don't eat your cigar at once, see? Michael, you're doing good booty draw. You make me proud. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Anyways, Back to the Godfather. And a big welcome back to all members of HPBC, Harry Potter Book Club. We have Emma and Sarah back with us. Woo, 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 woo! Woo! <laughs> I'm so very excited to be here again. <laughs> Sarah, Emma, any life updates you'd care to share with the the pod family? Don't know that I love that term for our listeners, but it came out, so. <laughs> the pod family. Oh, the peas in the pod. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, the most exciting thing that happened to us in 2022, in my opinion, is we rescued three kittens. I do remember this. That was wild. Yeah, it was wild we found them behind our dumpster and they were wild (laughs) (laughs) i have a scar now on my hand from one of them the first one i picked up because she flailed and was terrified poor little thing now they've all been adopted yay so i guess it's more of a cat update rather than a (laughs) my life update (laughs) that's all that really matters cats (laughs) <laughs> i hate that <laughs> what you love cats the musical okay you're right you got me there you love Gigi. i don't remember what the last update was nothing too crazy We're i believe yours was technically it. november oh yeah mine wasn't nothing since then <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, i'll be traveling a little bit this year because i get free flight benefits hey, i don't yo. know where i'm going need to get my act together but that's basically it HPBC guest episodes are pretty different than our standard AVTTG episodes, all the acronyms. But 
we do have a new guest question that we could introduce into this one as well, where you select characters from a universe for all of us. I'm thinking someone pick a letter between A through G. B. B, okay. So (laughs) Chamber of Secrets is our universe. And let's say Sarah picks someone for Emma. Emma picks someone for me. I pick someone for Lauren. Lauren picks someone for Sarah. Chamber of Secrets. Mm -hmm. A character that you're like. Uh... Minerva. <gasps> oh, I'm so <laughs> Emma is very no nonsense, as <laughs> is Minerva McGonagall, and doesn't I feel like doesn't like to outwardly show it, but has a big heart. So. I you. accept this. I Agreed. <laughs> um, I'm choosing. It's been discussed before, but Arthur Weasley. Incredible. I'm so happy. The natural curiosity. Oh my gosh. The natural uh, passion for learning and asking about new things. Oh. For Lauren, I was in a, a hot debate in my own brain for a second between Gilderoy Lockhart and Dobby, but obviously I have to go with Dobby. So just <laughs> funny without meaning to be sometimes and <laughs> always caring about others, thinking about others. So. Almost killing people. That too. <laughs> In her job. Love. <laughs> I just want to choose for Sarah nearly headless snake. <laughs> 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 just like how I just love when <laughs> in that book when he like saves Harry well he like makes Filch think that Peeves is doing something and I don't know goes out of his way to save harry from something that just reminds me of sarah right now oh <laughs> that was a very wholesome all right so now we're going to move on to our set questions that everyone's going to answer and some of these questions will make more sense obviously if you've seen the title of this episode but more related to our larger theme here but everyone's going to say a positive trait from their hogwarts house which we're lucky because we have every house represented this is technically listed as a hufflepuff trait but i think it applies just as well to gryffindors i'm gonna say loyalty mm-hmm. good thing mm-hmm. i didn't pick that one <laughs> um, feel free to object if this offends you <laughs> offended i'm going to say and this isn't listen like listed anywhere but just kind of being driven um and focused on very specific goals as a slytherin yes oh, yeah, for sorry. me Ravenclaw, uh, just like pursuit of knowledge, just wanting to always know things and think deeper about things, even if they're like of pretty little consequence. Um, for Hufflepuff, I chose patience because I do, even though I struggle with it sometimes, I feel like I'm a pretty patient person. Noise, noise, noise. So now we're all gonna say a less favorable trait that we have relating to our Hogwarts house stubbornness. <laughs> I apologize for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is going to be kind of like opportunistic, I suppose, perhaps bordering on a little bit manipulative, knowing mm-hmm. how to make situations and people to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Personally. For me, a bit of an oddball, quirky, to the point of like being on the outside or like very much playing the role of a loner for most of my life i was thinking like snobby and pretentious but you don't really see that from the ravenclaws in the book so mm-hmm. we're gonna so go with that other 
but also I would not describe your quirkiness as a fault. So, well, th- I it can be. <laughs> I would describe it as a fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I the thing I could see more from you is that you I could see you wanting to be quirky and unique and independent in your interests to a fault. Not that it is one of your faults, but like to an isolative point. Mine, I chose like being nice to a fault and not confronting people because of that. Um, I just thought of like in, in Chamber of Secrets, when they all think Harry's the heir of Slytherin and he comes upon the group of Hufflepuffs just like whispering about him and gossiping about him. I thought like, yeah, I'm much more likely to be someone who's in the background like talking about someone rather than going up to them and being like hey is this true so i think that's when that fits me okay then we're all gonna say a favorite character who belongs in the same house as us and sarah i feel like yours is very difficult because you have the most characters to choose from (laughs) i know i have a whole list of i didn't even pick a number one but i'm gonna say Hagrid. Cute. Feeling very (laughs) maybe I'm just like feeling more connected to Hagrid because Robbie Coltrane died this year. And so I'm sad about that. But I think Hagrid is also kind of underappreciated. Like everyone loves I don't know, everybody loves Robbie Coltrane, everybody loves Hagrid, but like I don't think they gave him enough credit for how much he did for Harry. Agreed. And then I have a whole list of honorable (laughs) (laughs) mentions. I didn't even make a physical list. I was just like I'll choose out of the handful that aren't evil. Um, and <laughs> I'll just select one. Um, I am my favorite Slytherin. <laughs> I am my favorite Slytherin. Wouldn't that be nice? We could all say that confidently, that I'm their favorite Slytherin. Um, uh, accurate. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to say Regulus Black. Part of my motivation is from not explicitly canon characterization of him from mostly like the fandom and fan fiction but i'll try to stick mostly to canon but um we don't know a lot about his life but we know just kind of his motivations toward the end he was a person who was filled with a lot of fear who saw his kind of character flaws and the i don't know he saw his character traits come full circle and he kind of saw the undoing of his the fact that his ambition was his undoing and then had the resilience to make a change or to do something. My favorite Ravenclaw is Michael Corner. That was a joke. Michael. Michael. I was like, why? I was like, why not Justin Finch Fletchley? Hufflepuff. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm. I'm wrong. <laughs> um. No. In all seriousness, just Sybil Trelawney because she's crazy and wild, and I adore her. And um, also, you can now. You need to post your. Uh, your BYU Professor Trelawney. Oh my gosh. My so BYU Instagram so fan. <laughs> yes. Guess who mine is? I was just going to say. <laughs> Justin Fletchley. I didn't Ooh. have him as an honorable mention for you. <gasps> I'm so pleased. JFF. Um, <laughs> it's Cedric. And that's because I feel like he broke the mold of what everybody expected out of Hufflepuffs from the first three books. And then Cedric came along and I was like, oh, Hufflepuffs can be attractive? Hufflepuffs can be, like, good at stuff? I he's fully expected you to be like, Cedric, because he's hot. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> he is played by Robin Pattinson. <laughs> then our last question is your own perceived house order, where you would kind of rank yourself. Door, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Southern. So just the regular old order. <laughs> There's no reason. Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Slytherin. Yeah. Um, mine would be Slytherin, Ravenclaw, then a big old gap, <laughs> and then <laughs> Hufflepuff. I personally have never had the problem that Lauren describes of being nice to a fault. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Ravenclaw, then Hufflepuff and Gryffindor like pretty close i feel like they're kind of interchangeable depends on the day and the mood and then slytherin i feel like i've entered more of a slytherin era as of late like a little bit more ambitious a little bit more driven but she's in her slytherin era (laughs) watch out (laughs) but alas it still does rank at the bottom i'll forgive you (laughs) i think mine is hufflepuff ravenclaw Leather and then Gryffindor. Oh, really? Oh, I don't know where that comes from. Someone Maybe else is in there. Leather and era. era. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only thinking about myself right now. <laughs> we have some thirty and sixty to do. So, Sarah, you actually finished yours. Emma, you have four questions to go. Oh gosh, I always fail at these. How much time do I have? I can actually uh, probably give good answers since there are only four. Well, we're going to still give you a full minute. Favorite HP movie? Um, Number six, Half the Prince. Wizarding World Treat? Butterbeer. Frog Choir or Gobstones Club? Gobstones Club! <laughs> Hogwarts <laughs> Student Crush. Um, Dean Thomas, probably. That was it. You finished. Still, still going strong. (laughs) All right. Maybe on our next HVBC episode, we'll have more questions or we'll just forego the 30 and 60. Honestly, if you re-asked me the same ones, I'd probably have different answers. That's true. (laughs) I could see how over time. All right. We're going to move into the main topic of our episode which is we have become the sorting hat so we have all brought characters from outside the harry potter universe we will give a brief introduction to who they are and then go around debate discuss what house we think they belong in majority wins so we don't have to have uh it be unanimous but at least three of the four of us have to agree before we decide officially which house they belong in now it's great because we have representatives from each house um so that is nice (laughs) uh i feel like it might be helpful to provide some definitions moving forward but also as i was doing this i think since we like are going to talk about these definitions it's important because i was thinking like the wizard of oz characters the main four could easily (laughs) Like, their desires, what they want, would put them into the four houses, but, like, their actual personalities are, like, not lining up. So, like, the Scarecrow wants brains, so he should be in Ravenclaw, but, like, he doesn't really have a Ravenclaw personality. Cowardly Lion should be Gryffindor, because that's what he wants, but he doesn't really have the courage. So, it's kind of these things where 
looking at it, thinking about it, this is where it will lend itself to some interesting discussion and debate where we think about are the houses, are you sorted into a house because of your personality or are you sorted into a house because of your, what you like prioritize the most? So with that, Gryffindor from the book said, uh, it is where dwell the brave at heart. They're described as being daring, having a lot of nerve, being chivalrous, bold, and brave. But they also are very brash, outspoken, and kind of act without thinking. And in the Gryffindors, we have the most diversity of characters. The majority of the characters are sorted into Gryffindor that are protagonists. So we have like Harry and the trio on one end, but then you also have on the other hand, uh, like Cormac McLaggen and Peter Pettigrew to kind of get a range on how Gryffindors can be. For Hufflepuff, they're described as being just, loyal, patient, hardworking, sweet, and inclusive. They can also be a bit ambiguous, uh, described as pushovers or reserved and quiet. So on the one hand, you have characters like Cedric and Tonks. On the other hand, you have like Ernie McMillan, who's, you know, a little bit pompous or a little bit socially awkward maybe and then like hannah abbott who blends into the background for ravenclaws described as wise full of wit learning fair and being clever but they also are delusional (laughs) outcasts and out of place i mean you look at like the main ravenclaws they're all pretty delusional (laughs) um suddenly such a harsh judgment like delusional (laughs) clinically (laughs) you're saying like relatively like nice things that are negative about the other houses and then you're like i am delusional (laughs) so on the one hand you have uh characters like cho chang and luna who are relatively pretty positive representatives of the house on the other hand you have gilderoy lockout lockout lockhart professor trelawney and quirrell not a lot of great ravenclaw representation actually (laughs) uh then in Slytherin, uh, I thought it was interesting. The way that they're described at the very beginning is where you're going to find your real friends. So I appreciated that. I feel like Slytherins are often just depicted as like negative from the get-go. But like from the outset, you're going to find real friends, people who are really honest and really connected, I think, in Slytherin. Uh, they're also cunning, which kind of has negative connotations, but I think it's just more like using intelligence to achieve goals they're achievers they're shrewd they're ambitious on the other hand they can be sinister guarded and selfish um and here i think we're really disadvantaged because there's most of the villains come from slytherin (laughs) Mm -hmm. but as emma pointed out we do have regulus i say movie snape more than book snape (laughs) yes and professor slughorn has his moments on the other hand you do have oh go ahead no, I was just going to say, Professor Slughorn was uh, considered making that my favorite character because I he's a good example of, like, definitely strong Slytherin traits, but, like, not directed in an evil way. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, he's just a flawed character, but yeah. they all are. Yeah. On the, the downside of Slytherin, though, you do have, like, the Malfoys and Book Snape and Bellatrix Lestrange and Tom Riddle. But, so here I feel like we have kind of the groundwork from which we're all working on getting these characters so um we will just go around to see how many we get through 
and see what time it is to kind of gauge how many we can do total, <laughs> depending on how long-winded we are. <laughs> and some of these characters, we might be able to find a really good fit pretty easily, and others might be more difficult. So we'll just keep following our standard. Sarah, can I ask feel- a terrifying question? Yes, yes, yes. Do these have to be from film only, or no. can it be from TV slash book? Tv slash book slash real life so i want to make sure oh yeah. interesting I life <laughs> i think i only have one person but i was like oh, them and such <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i was like i know i put one on it's a big joke though so i'm really excited to come okay. on that one but so sarah give us your character tell us where they're from a brief bio in case our listeners are not familiar if we're sure that the listeners know who this is, do we have to give a bio? <laughs> I mean, it can even just be like a one sentence, like, they're from <laughs> the good place, and that's all you need to know. Something like that. Whatever. Okay. Because I I was going to use the example, like, like if, like, Jesus, if I was going <laughs> to put Jesus in house, and I was like, mm, maybe give that's a, a little... <laughs> what house is Jesus in? <laughs> Can this be a whole other podcast episode of sorting like like religious figures? Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, being like, so if Buddha were to be in a Hogwarts house. <laughs> I think Jesus is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> and it's like if we were gonna put Moses in a house, you know, it's like which one would he be in? Definitely Hufflepuff. Moses? No yeah, way. Moses. Mm. Moses See, is Gryffindor to me. Really? I was feeling like a little bit Slytherin vibes, but maybe it's just because of the staff turning into a snake. Because he wasn't looking for opportunities to get ahead. That's true. Yeah, he didn't he, really want that. He, but he was willing to take on whatever, and he's a man of action. I like how we just unintentionally started going. Did that. We were like, started yeah, going Moses is a Gryffindor. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Okay. Okay. My first character that I wanted to talk about is kind of cheating because it's four characters, but we're just going to do them as a unit. I was thinking, I always think about this whenever we're categorizing, uh, or if I'm mentally categorizing people into Hogwarts houses, I always, always, always think of the Pevensey children from the Chronicles of Narnia. Always, always, always. Because... A long time ago, there was, like, a ton of fan art about the four of them being, like, the founders of Hogwarts, and, like, Peter was Gryffindor, Lucy was Hufflepuff, uh, Susan was Ravenclaw, and Edmund was Slytherin, and I didn't like that very much. I didn't feel like Lucy was a Hufflepuff, (laughs) or that uh, Edmund was a Slytherin. It just seemed like a cop out to me because people are like, "Oh, someone has some negative characteristics, or they were a villain." Yeah. Like, so they're in. But uh, there's, this, I'm sure it's just like a Tumblr post, also from years and years ago that I think about all the time. Uh, that's someone responding to it, uh, and they said, "May I present for your viewing pleasure an alternate Pevensey's as Hogwarts founders." Lucy as Gryffindor. Lucy, who found and explored a magical world inside a wardrobe. Lucy, who wanted to fight with nothing more than a dagger. Lucy, who loved and believed in Aslan more than anyone. Lucy, to whom Aslan himself said, if you were any braver, you would be a lioness. Okay. Um, so the other three siblings, uh, 
talks about Susan and uh, how she's very cunning with her like bow and arrow and also is charming and uh, very intelligent. And the last sentence in this description <laughs> cracks me up because this is Susan who has an arrow aimed at your back, even as she smiles. And I was like, what the? <laughs> Why? Sounds uh, like I like that. No, like, that is not <laughs> accurate at all. I think they were just looking for a snappy end to that paragraph. <laughs> um, but uh, I really love Edmund as Ravenclaw instead of Slytherin because he learned from his time with the White Witch and he becomes very wise and humble and like his subjects will like come to him for advice and stuff. And he considers like all, not all possible outcomes maybe, but lots of different outcomes. He ends up being very creative, like in strategy and things. Um, And as this Tumblr post says, Edmund who evaluates before he acts because of what he learned in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, and Peter as Hufflepuff, who stood up to the White Witch uh, to protect his brother who had just betrayed him, who felt as though he had betrayed Narnia and its people by coming back to England. I feel like that goes back to Hufflepuff's being, I'm going to say loyal to a fault, even though Lauren was talking about kindness to a fault, because I don't know that it's kindness that made him, I think... I mean, there is kindness tied in there into these decisions, but I think it's more loyalty. Loyalty works. Yes. Quality. Oh. I You cut out, like, at the very beginning of your sentence, so what I heard was, I have that quality. Excellent <laughs> 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 contribution, Lauren. Anytime anyone talks about Hufflepuff, I'm just gonna be like, "Oh, I'm like that. That's me. I'm exceedingly kind." <laughs> um, I'll be honest. This is a shortcoming of my own, but I am woefully unfamiliar with Chronicles of Narnia, so I don't feel like I have. Oh, rip. No, it's really? totally fine. I just I agree with what you've said from all your descriptions. I'm like, sounds good with me. I have no complaints. I feel like this yeah the second one second group of pairing it makes sense the only one i'm like a little torn on because even when you were talking about i remember that tumblr post and even when you were talking about the initial original pairings or whatever sortings um in my head i was already doing and i had gotten to edmund and i had the same pairings for all of them i was like well peter's obviously a hufflepuff i was like susan's slytherin i was like Lucy's the Gryffindor I just don't know that explanation makes sense for Edmund but there's so many like parts to his character and parts of his journey that that's the only one I'm not decided on Mm -hmm. yeah I actually I agree I don't know that I would place him more definitely in any other house but it does kind of feel like the most yeah unfounded I guess Maybe because we don't have a ton of examples of this in the book, because the most we see of Edmund is maybe not the most we see of him, because obviously he is in the next two books. And the, I mean, he's he's there, he's present, but I don't know that they talk as much about him after the Chronicles. I mean, not after the Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk about him much now that those books are done. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I don't think they talk about him nearly as much uh, outside of the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. I could see an argument for Slytherin. People want to place that because he was the one who made a mistake and he did something bad. Yeah. I would say from a, from a completely different perspective. But I could also honestly see an argument for Gryffindor as well. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I can I can see that. Just in terms of, not in terms of the loyalty thing, which is usually more of a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Well, has a Hufflepuff flavor anyway. But in terms of like kind of the impulsive action. Yeah. The bravery, the... Because once, once he did make the mistake and he was there, he had the bravery to like kind of fight to come back. Yeah, like owned his mistake and... Yeah. An excellent point. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm not decided, so... I feel like I'm always so swayed by like what color they usually wear. <laughs> okay, this one is I tried to stick to ones that I was pretty sure everyone in this group would know like very well or well enough to do. So forgive me if one of them you don't. But I know that this one you do. And this was a potential podcast episode, but I wanted to bring it in. So I'm going to select a character from Downton Abbey. Yes. And I tried to pick one that's not obvious to me like immediately off the bat and so i chose mr john bates mm. Ooh. and what did you conclude i i want to say weirdly i want to say hufflepuff i was gonna say hufflepuff because the things that and if this is more based on like what their motivations are he's very motivated by being good to people um by respecting people by treating people as your equal um Mm -hmm. he calls other characters out quite a bit for not doing that or you know like when he tells daisy you know this isn't a good look for you when she's being unkind um it doesn't suit you and i think i was thinking like he does have a lot of knowledge and he does but it's not really that's not really his passion he does have a lot of, I don't think he's really looking for opportunities to use that knowledge. He prefers to just stay out of things. So he's not really like trying to position himself anywhere. I don't think he's super ambitious. And he does do brave things, but not from a position of wanting to be brave, more from wanting people to be treated fa- fairly and be treated well and to have the op- opportunities that everyone else has. See, this is interesting because I feel like this was, as soon as you said it instantly, I was like, is he Hufflepuff or Slytherin? Which I feel like is really odd. An odd pairing. Pairings yeah. to have. But I agree. Like, I think Hufflepuff probably win out, will win out. But for Slytherin, I, he's not ambitious, but he is, like, driven, if that makes sense. Like, there's a little bit of a distinct nuance in between there where he's, like, single-minded, focused, like... Mm-hmm. When yeah. there's something, not to get too Downton spoilery, but like when there's stuff that prevents him from attaining what he wants, which is marriage, mm-hmm. then he like that's like con- is all consuming for him, which I don't feel like forgot is about that element of his character. Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah, and that does inform. Yeah, that does change it. I still think I would say Hufflepuff over Slytherin, though, because I think it's more an excess of loyalty than a than being motivated by cunning mm-hmm. and i do I think mean, he certainly is cunning like 
he <laughs> again yeah. not to get too spoilery, but uh he plots to do some you not do good some damage yeah. someone. <laughs> but I also think it's usually very altruistically motivated. Like it's never yeah. about self preservation as much as like doing it for somebody else. No. Which is not ne- yeah. necessarily like always a good thing. And this is also the thing that we've talked about that annoys us because he'll be like, oh no, like I'm not going to speak out against the people who have wronged me in this situation. You, ju- you, Lord Grantham and Mr. Carson, just have to come to the conclusion yourself right. without the facts that I possess. <laughs> so it would change your opinion, but I am yeah. <laughs> not going to just say it. Yeah. All right, I I, I'll throw a vote for Hufflepuff. <laughs> Sorry, Emma, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, I was just, yeah, even his Slytherin, you you threw me with that, with the mention of that plot. Yeah. Yeah, the side plot. But um, I think even when he does Slytherin type actions, it's ultimately with, even though when it's in a convoluted way, it's ultimately for Anna. Yeah. So loyal. Trying to minimize involvement or harm, emotional or otherwise, to her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm yeah, I agree. My first character is going to be Angelica from the Broadway musical <laughs> Hamilton. So obviously there is a real life person. We're going to ignore that and just go straight from <laughs> the Hamilton text source. Maybe for fiction. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think my immediate impulse is somewhere between Ravenclaw and Slytherin. So let me know if you guys have any. Obviously, for those who don't know, Angelica is the oldest Skylar sister. She is very driven. She's very, very intelligent, but she deeply, deeply cares about her sisters. So yeah, there's a lot to go off of there. I think that, I mean, I'm, I'm agreeing with your initial instinct that it's Ravenclaw or Slytherin because like you said, she is very intelligent. She also knows what she can do with her status and with her charm. So I think that feels more Slytherin. Mm-hmm. And she she does have like very specific goals and is very driven, but also like resigned in what that means for her future. So I don't yeah. My first thought was that, you know, she's surrounded by all these political figures and that she would have tried to vie more for their attentions or whatever she was slithering that there would be a little bit more of an attempt at like getting some more power but i think i think the slithering characteristic there to me is just not necessarily that she's acting on it but her intense awareness of it she's always aware Mm. of how everything she does is going to sway or impact her position among these powerful men whether it's her father or whether it's her you know and i will say bleeding into real life she did correspond quite a bit with jefferson but it's alluded to in a deleted part of one of the songs so maybe it will count as well but yes like she did still get quite involved yeah so i I think that the pursuit of knowledge is important but she she cares far too much about blending in and fitting in with people i think to be a ravenclaw Mm, interesting in a, as a way to get power, not because she really cares about appearances, but as a way to have access. I think I'm voting Slytherin. Sorry, Lauren, go ahead. I was just going to say, my favorite thing about Angelica is how deeply she loves her sister, Eliza, and how loyal she is to her. Not necessarily trying to say that she's 
in Hufflepuff because I don't think it really matches otherwise. But just an interesting thing that when you think when I think about like people loving other people and like being kind, you want to stick them right in Hufflepuff, but it's a, it doesn't have to be a Hufflepuff characteristic. Right. And I think that's like there's obviously a lot of people can feel these things. And I think like loving is not a Hufflepuff trait. Like, I think we really associate it with that. But Huff, like everything that we talked about at the beginning, it's like, you know, just loyal, patient. Like there are really positive things with it. But then it also can be serving others to a fault and like putting others needs before your own and like not having that um those barriers up those boundaries so I think like sometimes we're like oh they're really kind they must be a Hufflepuff when it's like oh no like that's just you know like there's more to a Hufflepuff than just being kind too like I don't want to sell Hufflepuff short in that way um Mm -hmm. so like I think that like she loves her sister so much so what house trait does she use or embody to convey that love if that makes sense hmm well, now I'm getting that, like, Angelica is a strange mix of all of them. <laughs> I think Hufflepuff comes in last for Angelica. I don't know if I'd call it a brave thing to do, to sacrifice her, her own feelings and love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it is. It is out of loyalty to her sister, which, I mean, as we just discussed, is not necessarily exclusively a Hufflepuff trait. I mean, that's what I said. It's something, but it's also something that we see from Slytherin, uh, you know, the the bit about friendship in the first Sorting Hat song that we hear. Like, once you are friends with a Slytherin, you're in. Like, mm-hmm. you're their friends. The the description of being shrewd, I feel like Angelica is very shrewd. Like, she's very calculating. Yeah. And that is very evident and satisfied where she's like, I figured out these three things at the same time. And like, here's all the things, here's all the facts. And like, this is the information I'm using to go forward, which feels very mm-hmm. Slytherin. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, I'll vote for Slytherin. Me too. Team. Yay! Slytherin it is. And that's exciting because I feel like Angelica is such a like dynamic, positive character. It's nice to be like, yes. SeaWorld, Slytherins are great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to sort Mr. Fox. I don't know. I want to say he's... My, my first instinct is Gryffindor just because he's like brave. Mm. He's not deterred by like the rules I guess he's ambitious like he has these goals that he wants to achieve no matter what but then he's also very loyal to his family and his friends it's interesting that you your first instinct is Gryffindor because mine was Slytherin it was like because he's he is very cunning he that is I mean the whole thing is about his plan coming to fruition but I mean, it's a different kind of ambition because it's not like he's doing it to like get up in the world. It's like he just wants some nice <laughs> food and like kind of a thrill of the chase. <laughs> I mean, you're absolutely right. He is loyal to his family, um, but his loyalty to his family does not stop him from carrying out these plans that his wife says he'd better not be participating. <laughs> And yes, he is brave and brash and does act without thinking of the full consequences, which is more of a Gryffindor thing. So, And I do feel like there is like some sense of justice behind his actions, uh-huh. too, which feels very Gryffindor as well. Yeah, because 
even though maybe like even though the way he sets up his plans and his line of thinking is more Slytherin, it comes from a place more Gryffindor. Yeah, um, I'd vote I Gryffindor. Also thought, well, I also thought of Ravenclaw because he's different than other people. That's like mm-hmm. one of the main plot points is that he's different and he's not afraid of being different. He's proud of who he is and he's very smart. Like he comes up with these plans and I don't know, but I think I would probably do Gryffindor. Yeah, I'm good with Gryffindor. Yeah, me too. Emma, do you agree? I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> All right. So far, no big fights. Round two. I've never really been a fan of Prince Eric in The Little Mermaid <laughs> until I rewatched it this year and I was like, be nice. Have an open mind about Eric. <laughs> I texted you along the way. And I was. I was being very stubborn about it, but also trying to <laughs> give Eric more credit. At some point, I said, oh, I forgot he plays the flute. Ten points to Gryffindor. And I was texting back and she was like, excuse me, did you just award points to your own house? You are not ahead of house, Missy. <laughs> Incredible. I'm the audacity I have sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Missy. Incredible. No, I would like to sort Prince Eric. <laughs> Prince Eric, okay. Hmm. Hufflepuff. I know. He gives me such Hufflepuff so vibes. Too. Oh, but really? Okay, wait. I mean, yes, he is very loyal. And he is very kind. Okay, uh, he is very Hufflepuff. But there's also the... I lost her once before, Grim. I'm not going to lose her again. There is some and... bold brashness, adventurous yeah. to his character as well i see where you're coming from in that gryffindor vein yeah but maybe it is out in him though that's not his usual that's part of what makes it like yeah notable is that like this isn't how he usually is i mean he goes so hard to save max before he's even met ariel though that's true i was thinking about that (laughs) we love a good guy let's chop liver max 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 Dog, dog, dog. <laughs> so where are we all agreeing? Where are we all settling on? Hufflepuff. I'm say Hufflepuff. Yeah, Me too. I guess Hufflepuff. Okay. Prince Eric. I have been convinced. Next one is from the movie, and I guess the book. I'm, I'm thinking mostly of the film, but um, from Matilda. Ooh. And it's Miss Trunchbull. Ooh. Ooh. Because while I think, you know, of course she's evil and she's bad, so the temptation is Slytherin, and she doesn't seem to have a whole lot of loyalty either. But then she does to her father, how or whatever his whatever his who is it that I don't know. She has a lot of loyalty to certain ideas, which I guess is a very Slytherin trait. But also, she's very interested in like maintaining kind of the status quo. I don't I don't know that she's really like she used to be in a position of power. She used to be an athlete. But I don't think she's really angling for power. Well, angling for like increases or angling for status. She's, I think she's a bit more outside of the box. And I'm not saying she's Ravenclaw, but I think she's a little more eccentric than Slytherin necessarily would feel comfortable being. I don't know. So I will offer my two cents as someone who's never seen Matilda. I may have read it when I was- You haven't? I know. You haven't read it? I may have read it when I was very young, but I have no very. I don't have Rachel. any memory of it. I know. I Let's shocked. stop this recording right now and watch I, that. Instead. But <laughs> I, I have you know garnered enough 
understanding through social media and living my life where I would say that she actually gives me more Gryffindor bully vibes than like a Slytherin, you know, because like Malfoy's a bully, but he's like a slimy bully instead of just like rude and brash. And so she gives me more of like Gryffindor bully. Like Cormac? Yeah. yeah, and like I say with as much disdain <laughs> as possible. <laughs> uh, I was also gonna say Gryffindor. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know why I didn't really think of it, but uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's the element that I was missing. I was like, I don't think it's Slytherin, but it's close. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. comes from a different place. I think you're right. Yeah, I I mean, my initial thought was Slytherin, not because she's evil, but because like she is like she's very manipulative she's very very much about control and tradition but she does take it too far which if we're like talking like very literally she does get creative with the punishments so i mean i guess we could say that comes like (laughs) that is a ravenclaw thing just to be creative but Mm -hmm. i don't think (laughs) that makes her a ravenclaw and i don't think her loyalty to tradition makes her a Hufflepuff and I don't think that her cunning makes her Slytherin either I think you're right I think she's a Gryffindor bully my next one I feel like I should just pick one character from Arthur but I have three so I want you guys to pick the one that feels the most difficult to place so her options I I think we're gonna have to kick out Mr. Rappern because he just feels like a Ravenclaw to me so if anybody (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the bill other- I just love Mr. Rapper inside so a plug in, but Arthur's parents, do we want to talk about David or Jane? Is there one that feels David. more complex? David, yeah, that was my okay. instinct too. David Reed. I love David. So this is Arthur's dad, of course. He runs his own catering business. He is a model parent. Love David. He's such Still a gem. <laughs> has the best gasp noises. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my most quoted Arthur thing, and no one ever gets it because it's literally just a gasp. <laughs> also a great singing voice. Anyway, thoughts on David Reed. I feel like I feel like there's a little bit of a Ravenclaw vibe to his passionate working and creative things within this mm-hmm. culinary business. Definitely got Hufflepuff, you know, dedication with him as well. Thoughts? I think that David Reed and Arthur Weasley are very similar. Mm-hmm. They're both a little bit eccentric and they're both very passionate about what they do, about their work, but they also have very great love for their families and family is their priority. And they're very unconcerned with, let's say, promotions. My first thought is Ravenclaw. I think because... Hufflepuff is kind of on the it's like that's kind of the surface level assessment um because he's nice and he's sweet and he's but look the way he interacts with his kids it's always through the lens of his own um like interests and passions and hobbies and such she's very committed to those um he is a bit of an oddball but he likes (laughs) being so where he's always like singing or talking about his you know his business and his stuff that he likes to do and just like when sorry just when that the episode where the parents go back to school with them for the back to Mm -hmm. and he pulls out his glasses because arthur's like begging him not to tell bad jokes (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
the way that he connects with the people around him is like through his own kind of like oddness, which I, I see in like Luna Lovegood. I see in Sybil Trelawney. Like that's kind of the way they look to connect is through their own little hobbies and projects. And um, excellent yeah. point. Lauren, any thoughts? I think I agree with Ravenclaw. Okay. David reads a Ravenclaw. Um, I've got a Godfather character. Okay, so <laughs> I want to sort Tom Hagen, who Ooh. is the concierge. Oh. So he's the advisor to um, Don Corleone, the lawyer, the fixer, kind of. He's the bronze character. He's not on the bronze side. He's more on the brain side of the family. I don't think I know enough about him to say definitively, but Sarah seems to know more than I do. I reckon I know who that is. I can picture him in my head. If you had said anyone besides the four boys or Luca, I would not know who it Loyal is. Loyal brute. <laughs> I will tell you what I don't think he is. I don't think he's a Gryffindor. I feel like he is so much of what he is motivated to do is in service of his Dawn and like getting the approval of Vito. So I feel like that's a very Hufflepuff. Um like trying to make that connection that loyalty i also feel like he is ravenclaw but probably less so i'm really going between slytherin and hufflepuff again these connections like these characters that are really throwing me for these houses that seem to be complete opposites but maybe are not as we think i don't know the fact he's a lawyer makes my brain think ravenclaw like he's like smart He's smart. It's not easy to be a lawyer. And he also, like, he comes up with solutions to problems. And and he's a bit of an oddball in the Corleone. Uh-huh. Well, not really oddball, yeah. but, like, odd man out, I guess I should say. He's the only blonde. <laughs> <laughs> the only non-Italian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but, like, yeah, he's not a pushover, for sure. When he goes to Waltz's house and Waltz is, like, yelling at him, he's like, okay, well... I'm going to go tell him the news. Like, he doesn't back down. He doesn't try and negotiate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So that makes me think he's not a Hufflepuff. Unless he's... I feel he's... like he is invested in just, like, the tradition that comes with mm-hmm. the family. Because I feel like what I remember the most is, yes, he is, ex- like, extraordinarily loyal to the family. But I don't think it's in a very Hufflepuff way. I think it's more of a Southern way because it is upholding the tradition of this family what do you think and he is like very calculating like in all of his decisions moving forward it's not like what is the best for everybody it's like how are we going to navigate this situation so that we come out on top and we come out okay you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i i'm talking it over with you guys i'm gonna say slytherin i don't know nearly as much as lauren and rachel but i will say slytherin <laughs> I'm going to put my stamp of approval on <laughs> Slytherin. <laughs> Lauren, are you not convinced? Not really, but I think it... I just feel like Tom is kind of the least Slytherin. No, Michael's I'd... definitely Slytherin. Yeah, Michael's for sure as Slytherin as they come. I think Tom was like a bit of a tamer Slytherin. Like more of a, like a regulus, like... Okay, yeah. Mm. Like I can... more neutral. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I do think, like, he could arguably fit into these other houses, but just the way that he navigates the world and analyzes the world feels more Slytherin-based, I think. Okay. But, okay, I was going to say, if you have arguments yeah. to that, I'm happy to listen to them. No, I like the comparing him to Regulus. All right. 
It is time for our sponsor story. This episode is sponsored by some group texts, but also our most recent Halloween party. So Sarah has kindly gone through several of our group texts, and most of them would probably require too much explanation to be enjoyable or funny to anybody else, but there was this one prompt where two of us had to come up with like a a secret club for each other. I don't really remember what the exact prompt was. I think it had to do something with the Order of the Phoenix, like if you and this other person in HPBC had to form a secret society, what would it be called and what would you do? I think it was. So Emma and I were paired together and Lauren and Sarah were paired together. Lauren and Sarah's group was called the Cartoons and Kittens Society with couches and cartoons and kittens. And you like would watch cartoons and snuggle with kittens and be all cozy and warm and cuddly together. And then (laughs) Emma and me, (laughs) we are the ethical vamps (laughs) society (laughs) with intensity, overcast weather and long-winded dramatic letters. So very appropriate, very on brand for those pairings. <laughs> yes. So that was fun to relive. So our <laughs> Halloween party this year, the theme was Defense Against the Dark Arts, and joining us we had Gilderoy Lockhart, Severus Snape, Remus Lupin, and Minerva McGonagall. And they each presented an activity to do. I don't remember all of them. I don't even remember what Remus brought, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it was all on Zoom since we are all in different states. Four states, three different time zones. So it's quite impressive when we can all get together. (laughs) So at certain points, there was just like lulls in the activities and the goings on. And (laughs) there were some playing around with Zooms or I don't even remember what we were using at the time. But some of the like, what do you call it? Like the special effects. Yeah, there's some really good videos that we'll try and post. But oh my gosh, (laughs) I was just... I don't know what kind of mood I was in, but everything was cracking me up, so... They're mostly videos of me just dying. <laughs> so excited. But uh, Minerva's activity was bringing a Mad Lib, inventing Mad Lib. So, Sarah, you have that on hand? You could read it for us? Is that right? Yes. Oh, you may not think I'm handsome, but don't chomp on what you what you forget. I'll photograph myself if you can wink. A more oblivious wig than me. You can keep your hinky punks green, your pinky punks broken and chilly. <laughs> for I'm the Hogwarts magicking swimming pool, and I can meow them all. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing golden in your left pinky toe. The magicking swimming pool can't stir. So print me on, and I will hug you where you ought to shudder. <laughs> Might hug in Gryffindor, where scream the sticky at bone. Their windmill, vanishing cabinet, and wagga wagga werewolf. <laughs> Expecto Patronum, Gryffindors apart. You might dress in Hufflepuff, where they are regal and demoralizing. <laughs> the stupid Hufflepuffs are photogenic and abandoned of werewolf. Or yet, in dramatic sorry, Ravenclaw, <laughs> if you an impatient mouth, where those of nose ring and curtain will always curse their basilisk. <laughs> Or perhaps in Slytherin, you'll enter your famous Dementors, 
Those spooky folk use any singing dwarf valograms to care for their snakes. So fly on me. Don't be depressing. And don't smooth in a crab. You're <laughs> in misty eyebrows, though I snigger none, for I'm a flirting velvet. Oh <laughs> my gosh, I forgot about how amazing that like when it calls Hufflepuff stupid, just completely <laughs> So We're offensive! Trying to defy stereotypes and instead of refeeding right into them. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Oh, good. <laughs> I forgot about Pinky Punk, though. <laughs> Me too! Pinky Punk and Pinky Punk. <laughs> Gilderoy was making up stuff. Gilderoy... <laughs> was just cracking everybody up. Oh my exactly. gosh. Wow. I'm so hard at both of the uses of a hug. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a huggy group. Right? <laughs> Stay away. You might hug in Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> or you might not. <laughs> Bless those Halloween parties. Far mm -hmm. Sarah, we're back to you for another character. Um, I want to sort Iroh. From... I was really hoping someone would do an Avatar character. <laughs> yes. Hey. Um. Yes. Uncle Iroh from Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, is brother of Fire Lord Ozai, uncle of Prince Zuko and Princess Azula, and he has a good sense of humor. He is a very wise teacher, and he makes his own destiny. Is how I summarize him. Yeah, I'm solid. Look at my Fire Lord Ozai oh! here right now. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to honor the man. <laughs> that is it's so not funny. on purpose. <laughs> Bout your Fire Lord. <laughs> my initial instinct was to put him in Ravenclaw just because he's wise. Hmm. But. And he is quite feel... quirky. He is quite quirky, but I think that he's more, like, maybe not more, but I do also get Gryffindor vibes because he's more of a Remus Lupin kind of brave, I think. Because, I mean, I said he makes his own destiny. He does. He he would rather... Spoilers, if you have not seen Avatar The Last Airbender, don't listen to this bit. He would much rather work in a tea shop, like, own a tea shop, and talk to people and have meaningful conversations than rule a country. And maybe that's more Hufflepuff. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying to, to decide between Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff, because mm -hmm. I feel like he's very rooted in Hufflepuff tendencies, mm -hmm. but personality behaves more like, and is motivated by more like Ravenclaw tendencies, question mm -hmm. mark? Yeah, I don't think I explained myself very well. But I guess what I was meaning with like my wanting to sort him into Gryffindor was more, it was, it's very brave of him to be so different from his family. And kind of defy like the traditions of the Fire Nation. Yeah. Yeah, and he is very in tune to right and wrong, but also, like, he exemplifies 
characteristics from each house, I think. I don't know about Slytherin, though, actually, now that I said that. I mean, he is very intelligent, which is, you know, cunning is a form of intelligence, but I don't know that he's cunning, actually. I think about the episode of, like, the hot springs. He just, like, doesn't care about what other people Mm -hmm. think of him, which feels more Ravenclaw. You know, like, he just is his own person. I'm really stuck Mm -hmm. between... I feel like I could be swayed one way or the other. Lauren, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. Well, I'm kind of thinking of more like a Cedric Hufflepuff. Like, the Hufflepuffs would kind of choose him as, like, their leader, right? Like, their favorite. Yeah, because um, I he do... He has the leadership qualities and mm-hmm. maybe begrudgingly, like, he doesn't really want to be the leader, but... But he doesn't have any problem bestowing wisdom on <laughs> everyone. Yeah, and this is maybe where it kind of falls into that whole, like... Oh, just because you're kind doesn't mean you're in Raven or you're in Hufflepuff. Like just because yeah. you let you are wise. Just because you're you, wise doesn't make you a Ravenclaw. Doesn't make you a Ravenclaw. Like I do feel like even though he does have maybe those Ravenclaw like qualities, that's not like what his character is based in. He's not like actively always in pursuit of truth. He's not always like, Oh, I've got to mm-hmm. find out more information about this thing. It's like, oh, like slow, why like I don't know, just it he does seem more rooted in Hufflepuff tendencies. Mm-hmm. I think I disagree. Oh, I don't know if it's necessarily a Ravenclaw trait to be like always in search of like objective truth. I think it's more about playing around in ideas. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, like Luna is kind of the standard Ravenclaw. She, I don't know. She's not one who I think is like seeking always like more information, more information, more information. There are some that are certainly like that, but she's not really one of them. But see, I do think she does do that, but only in like her own interests, right? Like she's always. Yes. But Iroh does that. It's the exploration of ideas that makes me think of Iroh as a Ravenclaw. And also the fact that that's always what he goes to in times of struggle and that's always what he his instinct is to offer the people around him even before his help his concrete like actual help he's first going to be you know giving them some things to think about and some you know some ideas some thoughts some knowledge some experience but i also say when he is imprisoned he is so patient and he's so hardworking he like gets working out you know what I mean like I just but he's also very creative in the way he uses firebending like he invented the I'm acting it out lightning strike yeah he invented that based on studying waterbenders he studied Mm -hmm. all all the kinds of bending even though He's definitely not the Avatar. He sees that there's value in these other nations when every uh, like everybody else is like very rooted in their own nation and in their own element, really. I'm thinking about like also from the perspective of I, I almost think he's his wisdom isn't what makes him a Ravenclaw, but it's almost what makes him it's what makes him not a Hufflepuff because Hufflepuffs can't be wise. No, that's kind of what I, was about. I sort of realized it was about to sound like, but it's the trait that makes me think he's not a Hufflepuff because he, I think about like if something happened to the people he loves, if Zuko died, if 
somebody was unkind to Zuko, I don't think he would be hung up on the like, ah, but they weren't kind to you or he wouldn't be torn up about like the unkindness of it all. I think it would be more from this perspective of like, what are we learning from this? Or what, you know, what what are we doing moving forward? It would be about Mm -hmm. the lessons or what it can teach him about his own idea about people rather than like, wow, I'm so overwhelmed and overcome by the injustices of the world or, oh, this is, you know, incredibly devastating. He would be sad, but it would be more about adding to his kind of receptacle of knowledge. And So would we say that Iroh is motivated or like moves into a situation looking more for like lesson learning based versus like, how can I positively impact the people around me? Like, I feel like those are kind of like simplified ways of looking at the houses that are bridging on Hufflepuff. This isn't super helpful, but I think it's both. Like, which is also what makes me, uh, what made me, I don't know that I'm super convinced anymore, made me lean toward Gryffindor because he is always acting from a place of love. Not that the other houses don't have love for the people around them, but it does, it feels very, I don't know, it feels very hairy. It feels very Weasley. It feels very, like, the way he, the way he, the way he loves his, the people around him, but also, like, the way he respects the people around him. It feels like a, more of a Remus Lupin, uh, Gryffindor. Yeah, I because see bottom from. line, his bottom line is he loves Zuko and he wants him to find his own path, but he's going to do his very best and and he's going to do his very best to help him along the way. But that's such a combination of things. It's it's yeah. it's love, it's intelligence, it's creativity and loyalty. So I, I do feel like though where Remus Lupin is very different is like Remus still very much fits that Gryffindor mold of like acting without thinking at times and like being a little bit brash and like kind of stepping outside the bounds whereas I feel like Iroh really doesn't exhibit that like I feel like everything he does is very controlled and centered and like comes from a place of like he knows what his ultimate objectives are and like everything's like more thought out and but it doesn't mean he can't ever be like defensive or like bold but like it feels like rational boldness not like impulse boldness Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that feels less gryffindory to me Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i don't know should we cast our votes let's cast a vote okay i'm gonna go i think i've been talked into ravenclaw me too yeah that's well done emma like do i need to talk (laughs) about it more because i can (laughs) emma knows (laughs) Mine is also another Arthur character. It is Francine Frensky. And it's Fran- on my list too. I'm so pleased. Francine is kind of a tomboy of sorts. Um, she has some insecurities, but she is a very forceful sort of person, a very strong personality. She often kind of lets her temper get the better of her. My first instinct is Gryffindor, mm-hmm. but that's just because she's like loud and bold, but it's more nuanced than that. Mm. I'm not thinking Ravenclaw 
Mm -hmm. but she does she is very bothered by like unkindnesses um and it seems like she's very sensitive to that as well not that she's she's the one doing it though Mm -hmm. i was gonna say not that she's necessarily kind but it's like that could that could be a little ernie mcmillan yeah if we're going with kind of the more values-based house Mm -hmm. system i feel Mm -hmm. like she's sometimes confused by kind people i think because (laughs) she it doesn't come naturally to her um but it seems like it's the thing that kind of keeps her going and it's always what she circles back around to it seems like it's her it might not be her first reaction to things but it's always her true reaction to things i'm intrigued i never would have considered putting francine and hufflepuff but i wouldn't have either what were you thinking gryffindor or slytherin actually Ah, nope backtracking just gryffindor (laughs) yeah i think my instinct would be gryffindor because she wears red (laughs) (laughs) i know i don't know why i always think that gryffindors are the most athletic because all the houses play quidditch like that's not necessarily a defining feature but i think she is really brash and bold and often acts without thinking yeah Yeah. i think that's the biggest thing is she acts without thinking about the consequences and i feel like that is her main character flaw. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but also it makes her francine like francine just she just does things she acts Mm -hmm. and but i do emma i really like what you pulled out about this kindness piece like I think about specifically the episode with Prunella when she like works so hard to get that poly locket for her and like is motivated by this like deep set kindness and then to see her gift rejected is like such a blow Mm -hmm. yeah where like she is valuing friendship and connection and kindness in that way Mm -hmm. where she feels like everything's broken apart where I I don't see her as much reacting that way to like cowardice or like maybe mm-hmm. a little bit weakness but i don't know it it seems like that's what really kind of gets her going and it and at the end of the day is what she i think she feels the most authentic when she's operating from that place and i feel like she is a very very hard worker like mm-hmm. she is not that's afraid true. to put in the work for her passions and also like to help out her family I would never have guessed I would be debating if Francine was a Hufflepuff. This is crazy. (laughs) I honestly didn't think about it beforehand. I just, in that moment when I was collecting my thoughts, I was like, I don't know. Let's just. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if I would have said that I would have either. I still would say she's a Gryffindor, but I am being convinced (laughs) over to Hufflepuff. Not quite convinced yet, but I can see it. And that's kind of exploding my brain a little bit right well because it's this yeah. question of you know are you your first instinct or are you what you're striving toward you know it's mm-hmm. and i think and that's I, what it boils down to with her i do think we have that example in the books of ernie mcmillan who does not really feel like he fits the hufflepuff mold where he is like loud and outspoken mm-hmm. and harsher you know well, we've, rough around the edges yeah I'm just going to do it for the wild card. I'm voting Hufflepuff. <laughs> we might be All split. Right. I'll Yay! Francine's <laughs> a Hufflepuff! Yay! But I she wears red! <laughs> I mean, Lauren, it's you didn't... Signature. 
Did you? Where do you fall, Lauren? I still think she's a Gryffindor. Okay, but Emma, you're saying Hufflepuff. Okay, we do have the majority, but a close call. Catch us on another day. We might pick a different. Like <laughs> in an hour, I'd probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, my next person is Scott the landlord. <laughs> oh, oh, Slytherin. <laughs> What's he's only in it for the money true <laughs> care true. about the people so scott the landlord is from okay. our universe um okay i've got he, thoughts <laughs> he <laughs> let's see emma you moved in like end of december or beginning of yeah. january end of december but i didn't like live there until the beginning of january okay so emma took maddie's spot in brownstone which is where we oh, were all living god. And Maddie's dad owned the apartment and then was going to sell it because, like, Maddie wasn't living there anymore. And I don't think any of their other children were, like, actively going to be living there. So it just made sense to not have to deal with being a landlord anymore. So he sold it to Scott, (laughs) was his name, and we just did not like him. There are many stories about Scott the landlord, but he just, he wouldn't respond a lot and wouldn't he kind of like did a little bit of like some shady things with like maddie's contract and at the end of the day though was it really scott or was it melinda or was it melinda we don't know this power couple in the worst way but their communications with us left things to be desired and also he would like come in and do apartment tours and like really sell the apartment when it wasn't all that he posted pictures of our bedrooms and Lauren and I definitely did not clean ours but when he did it so there's like clothes strewn everywhere he, he like put it on the website like <laughs> yeah we would I would hang up my bras like on the lights and the so I, I'm pretty sure he did show some like possible tenants future tenants <laughs> that room and I was like hope you like my bras but what a beautiful bra <laughs> oh what was the other thing he someone said that he he was gonna try and like make it more feminine. Do you remember that? Like when we were in the apartment when he was giving a tour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, these horrible so, memories. <laughs> but we also um would just in our text group raise petitions against Scott, the landlord, and and someone was really wanting to sell their contract and did not appreciate our jests. So there's just a lot of funny things swirling with Scott the landlord. So that's his introduction. But so let's chat. Let's figure oh out where gosh. he's supposed to go. Um, I think he and Melinda would be in Slytherin. Cause I they're like the slimy brand of Slytherin. <laughs> they're I not know, I feel like we don't know another side of them. Like <laughs> Yeah. We don't know them as people. It's we know hard. them as like yeah. unofficial tour guides who are invading our space and mean emails. <laughs> Deep down dirty. Deep down dirty. <laughs> See, yeah, so if we're looking at negative house traits, I not think... Hufflepuff, they're not pushovers. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. I'm gonna make a plug for Ravenclaw. Okay. I'm thinking about Gilderoy Lockhart. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think... I don't know, actually, I might be talking to myself out of this right now. Like, showy, we... <laughs> like showy kind of like more the manipulative but from a different perspective than Slytherin mm-hmm. like kind of I don't know 
they want to be known for their expertise in the field. They don't really have expertise in the field and they're willing to fake it. They want mm-hmm. to be less what their actual, again, and not what their actual personality is, but what they want to be seen as or what they value or see as a worthwhile person is somebody who like knows a lot and really has control of the situation, but isn't necessarily super invested in truth to get there. Because I do think like concern about status and like image does feel a little bit Slytherin based on on Mm -hmm. one level, but it also can bleed into Ravenclaw as well. Because they would also say all these like crazy facts about the apartment, like the swamp cooler. Oh my gosh, and they'd be like, that they would talk about our patio or something, and I'm like, you mean the crumbling, (laughs) the structurally unsound two foot by three and a half feet of just like literally, yeah, super structurally unsound. It's not a patio. You can't stand out there. Mm -mm. Uh, And the swamp cooler is not a desirable thing to have in your apartment it's not special it's not exclusive to utah despite all of his insistence and it's (sighs) the bathroom that has the the sink separated from the toilet (laughs) (laughs) so special (laughs) what a selling point (laughs) at the end of the day though and before i say this listeners can know that this is an inside joke this is not based on any real fact but at the end of the day though at least scott is a great kisser you know <laughs> top notch <laughs> knows how to show you a good time I, in fact the best kisser one might say <laughs> rachel is losing it rachel's gone scott <laughs> rachel forgot about that part about scott oh my gosh i'm crying oh and we I all remember the messages that you know, he sent me saying you up, you know, <laughs> which again, for the listeners, that didn't actually happen. That was HPBC lore. Oh, this is so iconic. Oh, I you up? And I said, for you, Scott, anytime. <laughs> as long as you won't give tours of our apartment with when Rachel's bras are hanging from the light anymore. I'll take one for the team. Oh my gosh. All right. I, for that argument alone, I'm voting Ravenclaw. Woo! <laughs> I'm gonna stand by Slytherin. Uh oh, Lauren. I'm. I will never. I will never stop being enraged by Melinda emailing Emma and telling her that if she did not, if she could not move the oven herself, she would have to pay a fine. Oh. And it's like there's not a if, way for me to move the oven, Melinda. And if I broke it when I was moving it, if you broke it when you were moving it, you would have to pay a fine. If it from the wall, then yes, I would be paying for the damage. And if they had to call people in to move it and they could move it when you couldn't, you know, multiple strong employees, (laughs) if they could move it when Emma could not, then Emma would be charged a fine. So no matter what you did. I swear it was attached to the wall, but I didn't want to pull it too hard and have it come unattached. Yes. What did she want? I think she wanted me to like call my home teachers or something. I don't know. I also loved when we would go leave like we would want to go leave a Google review and other people had left terrible ones and they and she would like contact them and be like, "We've never rented like you've never yes! rented from us. We don't know who you are." <laughs> like, which yes. is crazy. interesting. We've never ever had a tenant under this name. By this name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So aggressive. Is, yeah, it's crazy for so many reasons. But like, especially like 
if you're trying to build a business and you're trying to make people think that, I don't know, you have respect for them and their basic rights, you you don't refute in public comments anything that they're saying. They're like, we don't even know you. It's like, okay, how about saying we're sorry that you were right. displeased with the experience. Please contact our office. Right. No, and so they're like, who even are you? <laughs> Doesn't even go here. New number, who this? <laughs> oh, wow. Lauren, we happy to hear your opinion on Ravenclaw or Slytherin. I already, I already said Slytherin. Oh, my gosh. I'm not swayed. Give me more reasons for Slytherin, because I'm, I'm pretty... Because he loves money. <laughs> That's not a Slytherin It's not quality. a uniquely Slytherin thing. That's he, not Slytherin. he wants to own all the apartments. Remember how he was buying other apartments? Yes. We um, could see his... Okay, but can we talk about the signs that he had around? He wanted to be an expert in the field. It wasn't really so much about his image. He wanted to... Dur- during those one-on-one conversations, he wanted to seem like the expert. He wanted to have the expertise. He wanted to seem like he knew stuff about swamp coolers. <laughs> okay, he wanted See, to seem like this is this more. is where I'm hesitating with just sl- going with Slytherin is because I think that's just the impulse is like villain ah oh, put him in Slytherin where it's yeah. like oh but where are they like really motivated and coming from and I, I still think they were motivated like- by money. Which is a selfish interest, which made them ambitious to own more apartments and to raise prices unfairly in a slimy and 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 charge people fines for things that had no solution. I do. Let's I talk just about the review. let's talk about the review. <laughs> when somebody when somebody brings up some concrete points to disagree with them or disagree with mm-hmm. their stuff, they discredit them. And they say what they're saying is not true. What they're saying, you cannot take anything that they say is fact. What we say is the only fact. But like, that's what Lucius Malfoy does. That's a very see, Lucius Malfoy thing there's to There's also Gilderoy Lockhart. Like, ever since you threw Gilderoy into the gauntlet, I'm like, yeah. ah. Because I don't think Lu- Lucius did that particularly because he wanted to be the one who knew best. It was for some sort of higher power purpose sort of thing. Like, he was, he was loyal to an ethical code of sorts, which was an unethical code, but like to a tradition, to certain like held beliefs within a community of people. And I don't just coming up with beliefs and being- But it was also, I think with Lucius Malfoy, at least it was also very much in service of himself and his family. Like he, his number one was not Voldemort. His number one was himself. For sure. But I also think that like Lucius isn't, necessarily only motivated by money like i don't think there's this greed element necessarily so i don't know um we might just have to be at a crossroads with this one i don't think any of us are i think also i i associate slytherin with a certain level of calculation and a certain level of like their beliefs and their ideas are pretty ironclad i don't Mm -hmm. see slytherin just taking on chaotic beliefs all the time where that's more like a Gilderoy Ravenclaw thing of being mm-hmm. like, let's just try out this crazy thing and just see how it goes. And let's pretend like we know. Um, where like also the eccentric eccentricity. What for some reason it sounds weird to say eccentric when it's in that form, but um maybe that's a Scott the landlord thing. <laughs> and it's also a Gilderoy thing of let's try it out. I will just say 
let me read the negative traits of the houses that we established at the beginning. For Ravenclaw, yes, delusional, outcast, out of place. Slytherin, sinister, guarded, selfish. Selfish, yes, for Slytherin. I don't see the, either of the other two. I know. I feel like delusional and outcast was a lot more yeah. like Scott the Lambert. <laughs> well, outcast. I mean, among us. He was <laughs> outcast in B12, okay? And B11. <laughs> Well, I like how we've been talking about Scott the Landlord has been the most divisive. <laughs> Scott the Landlord has been like 20 minutes. Ready to throw hands. <laughs> All right, I think we might just have to call it a draw. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, we'll, is it my turn again? We'll pull the uh, the listeners, let them be the final deciding factor on instagram yeah, but are we gonna include links oh yes absolutely <laughs> people <laughs> we're gonna All get right. involved in the defamation case right <laughs> <laughs> one time i was walking home from campus after we'd moved out of brownstone <laughs> and i saw a sign for scott at a place where i used to live before brownstone I did not steal the sign. I really wanted to, but I did kind of give it a kick. <laughs> Confessional. Wow. <laughs> All right, Lauren, give us something else to talk about. Steal it. <laughs> I was going to do John Smith, but I think he's obviously Gryffindor. Just when you were reading the Gryffindor traits, I was like, yeah, that's him. So I don't think it would be fun to rank him. So I just want to give a shout out to John Smith for being the best. <laughs> Um, so instead I want to do Sean Yu. Oh. Hmm. I mean. Hufflepuff. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's so kind. <laughs> He's, He's loyal. Motivated. He's loyal. Very humble. He's so, so inclusive. Um, well, so the obvious choice is Slytherin because he's ambitious. Very ambitious. Bounce That's me. his main, I don't know drive is to be the ruler of china i think he's a true slytherin villain i think so too because i i also think about a lot a big part of his thing is accumulating power and notoriety and you see him you know exert slytherin can people can do this a few different ways but he exerts a lot of like he uses fear tactics in order to make sure he's the most powerful like when the messenger comes and he's he wants to make sure that his reputation is one of being in charge and, you know, having he's a bunch of people behind him. Centered on image when he's like, mm -hmm. I want the emperor to bow to me. As a child, the most terrifying bit in that movie, well, maybe just one of, is when he says, how many men does it take to deliver a message? Oh, and then that really, really creepy hun pulls back his own. One. <laughs> I just got chills. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and just like, now all of China knows you're here. Perfect. You know, Perfect. just like, so centered on image. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh, he's such a good villain. He is. Mm -hmm. I loved him. So spooky. Okay, Slytherin. Yeah, I think he's yeah. absolutely yeah. Slytherin. After way... a truly divisive discussion <laughs> on our former landlord, <laughs> <laughs> we reach a quick conclusion regarding <laughs> Sean Yu of the Hun <laughs> army. Because Lauren's like, we're not going to do John Smith because I feel like he's obviously going to do something more divisive and we're all like, so there. <laughs> <laughs>
Even John Smith, I'm not convinced is a Gryffindor, but we could just table that. <laughs> well, no, just tell me what you think. I'd make an argument for Hufflepuff. Keep in mind, I haven't seen the movie all the way through. <laughs> so this is entirely the characterization of John Smith. Wait, are you just admitting that you didn't watch it when we watched it together? Not all the way through consecutively. <laughs> oh. Did you just pull a I'm Rachel? Missing major plot points. <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll talk about this after you after we force you to watch it. Okay, in person. Yeah, so you can't lie. You're gonna like do the whole like <laughs> open my eyes with me. Clockwork Orange. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're back to Sarah. Oh, this is the last round, so choose Ooh. wisely. Oh, Sarah is disgruntled. <laughs> I just have a whole list of Downton Abbey characters. <laughs> well, we can always revisit this as a part two. Yes, this is what I was kind of counting on because I was like, this is way too much fun. Yeah. I love all of this. Do we have different opinions about Lord Grantham? Strikes I could, me as a Gryffindor. I feel like I could make I think, a different argument. I think he's I think he's a Slytherin. But Hufflepuff comes in second place. See, that's 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 what I'm thinking too, because he is all about tradition, intensely, and he's also a, a power hungry individual. He he wants to maintain the status he already has, and he also you can see him trying to continue to like gain more status, like when the military comes up, mm-hmm. and he's very conscious of people's status, power. He's very conscious of his family's image. The thing mm-hmm. that makes me question Slytherin is the Hufflepuff element of the fact that all of that is really in service of the people he loves and his family. Yes. He struggles with that sometimes. Mm -hmm. I I feel like he his first impulses now that you've kind of fleshed this out a bit are very Slytherin and then like he does end up choosing the Hufflepuff way. I feel like Sybil is a big example of that where he's like so adamant to everything she's trying to do and then like comes around in the end but like everything is like very slytherin focused first but it also does take him a while to truly come around right which i feel like like they really had to break down his expectations the you know what he expected would happen in Sybil's life based on her rank which still seems slytherin motivated yeah and i like it because it's like a kind of a different brand of slytherin in some mm-hmm. ways because he's yeah. kind <laughs> where well not, not that he's kind but just that like it's not i don't know i just i feel like that connection to like legacy and tradition mm-hmm. aspect of slytherin that is sometimes brought out I, yeah it's something that's downplayed in the books yeah about kind of the kindness and the and the like love of his family at the end of the day there is i think a lot of it it's because he loves them, but he doesn't really ever do that. Or rarely does he do that for anybody that's not carrying his name. And yeah. even, even if he will kind of <clears throat> put himself on the line for like one of their staff or something, it's not in any way that's going to threaten his image too much. Mm-hmm. And I think the things that he gets really protective of with his family and his daughters are at the end of the day things that will ultimately reflect poorly on him mm-hmm. what do you think <laughs> about lg yeah lg that's how i have it written in my phone 
All because of this group. I love it. All because of probably Rachel. It yeah, was all the because of original. All because of Annie originally. Shout out. Well done, Annie. <laughs> um, yeah, because like he marries Cora for the money. I mean, why do I associate mm. Slytherin with money? Did we already talk about this? A bit. I think I associate Slytherin with money because of the Malfoys. Because they have a stash of things that are not legal that they sell at Borgen and Burks. And he and... uses his influence with the minister. Yes, and, and yes. Malfoy is very showy about his family having money, especially compared to the Weasleys. But so. the Potters also had wealth, so it's not like a uniquely. Yeah, but Lutheran. I'm saying. It but wasn't like the obsessioners. For like making other people feel small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the the way money is used, maybe rather yeah, than just yeah. the existence of it. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with Slytherin. Okay. His motivations. What did I actually write down? I don't even remember. That was yeah. So I had weird. Gryffindor written down because that was my initial instinct. But then I was like, wait, he doesn't really do anything brave. <laughs> Yeah, he's a bit of a coward. Except <laughs> yell at that circus man. He, I like it when he yelled at. Um, <laughs> he yells a lot. Sarah flowers. Oh, when he yells at Sarah, and also when those women are passing out the things at the yes. military, and he's like, "Now is not the time or the place." But part of that is also image. Mm-hmm. That's where true. It's a bad look. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, he does. I mean, he does do some things that are. Right, I think. Yeah, like standing up for people. But you're right. But they're I motivated for, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I do think there is also, I mean, bringing it back to kindness, there is also kindness at the heart of it. But it's kindness mingled with... Self-preservation. Self-preservation, yeah. Which is, yeah, not a, a negative thing. No. So. But, yeah. I like Im- as soon as we started talking, I was Im- I immediately talked myself out of Gryffindor and was like, so they're <laughs> <laughs> I just decided. <laughs> Is everyone here familiar with the Mysterious Benedict Society? Passingly, not at no, all. No, Rachel. No, Matilda. There's no, Mrs. Only, like these things that it's me, Sarah, and Rachel, and then me, Sarah, and Emma. <laughs> yes, yeah. you and Sarah I mean, are just so up. Me and Sarah are the same. <laughs> uh, we could talk about like uh, Tim Curry's and uh, what's his name, Frankenfurter. Yes, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and then we could exclude Sarah. Yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs> or we could talk about Schitt's Creek and exclude Lauren. Yeah, oh, no! I, think that. I did think about that. <laughs> I also really wanted to pick up someone from that. Okay, well. I'll just say who I was going to do for Mysterious Benedict Society, but I have one that we could discuss that everyone will know. Um, but I think Constance Contraire is an interesting one because I don't, yes. that doesn't, it doesn't jump out immediately to me, which she is. I would just say she's not Hufflepuff. Mm-mm. But I don't know if she's Ravenclaw. But that's it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say. Know. So that's why I thought it could be interesting. But the one that I will say is. I'll still be thinking about it though. So maybe we can talk about it some other time. <laughs> 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 conversation. We can do it in Rachel's presence, and then we can all raise topics that exclude one of us, Perfect. and the other will learn from the conversation. <laughs> it's EHPBC Exclusionary Harry Potter Book Club. <laughs> um, 
Okay, I'm going to do from Percy Jackson, which does everyone have a passing knowledge of? Rachel! <laughs> I'm come over there and strangle you. <laughs> Gosh. But this is one that shocks me. He's so unique and individual. Just read, <laughs> read a popular book. It won't kill you. Gosh. <laughs> Come um, on. Also, you'd love it. I was too people. busy reading Warriors. Thank you very much. Oh so. my gosh. <laughs> I read <laughs> Woof. <laughs> All right. I have not read Warriors and I stand by that and I'm proud of that. No, Emma, I... it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I will reread them. Isn't it cats? Yes, I know. It's so, it is so out of character. No, I reread it like two years ago with my nieces and i still cried it's so good the things it's so good like the things that i haven't read or watched like they're kind of reasons for it or like it just (laughs) never happened but like the things that you i know people recommended it to you because you were a gifted kid and so they would have recommended to you mysterious benedict society matilda and percy jackson and i know that you intentionally avoided those because you didn't want to be one of those kids that just read what people recommended to you so that's what's gonna flag to me my reading that's why i haven't read holes because oh. everyone in my fourth grade class was reading holes and they loved it and i was like i don't want to read that great so here's, <laughs> here's the thing i discovered warriors on my own and just loved it but mm-hmm. i honestly didn't have any i don't feel like anybody ever really recommended those other books to me and i as a child my reading habits were dictated by author last name i was convinced i was going to read the entire youth section going alphabetically so i if you want to talk about like some books by avi or the frindle (laughs) series like i got you yeah like anything Um, by confessions of charlotte doyle yeah oh heck yes lloyd alexander books like any (laughs) children's author with the last name of an a probably have read it (laughs) here's the thing here's the thing I think everyone should just stop telling me books that they haven't read. I'm just getting increasingly angry. You haven't read Holes, Sarah? Yes, I have it on hold at the library because oh, Niall is also very upset about this. So good. That does need to be remedied. I don't even know what to pick. So I don't know what anyone's read or watched. I don't know. You can pick Sorry. something that I am not familiar with. That's just fine. Because <laughs> if I do pat myself on the back, I had the uh, winning hit for Trunchbull. Is that her name? (laughs) Yeah, you knew where she was. Yeah, so I'll do a quick Google Um, search. Let's talk about Constance. Let's go back to that. Mysterious Benedict Society, Constance Contraire. We won't give away the spoiler at the end of the book. Yes. She's a dragon. There are reasons (laughs) why she's a complex figure. Yes. Constance is such an interesting choice and I'm so glad you brought it up uh because I mean I already I mean I already said it but the only one that I think she doesn't fit in is Hufflepuff I think she could be sorted into any of the others and I'm not coming up with like super definite reasons for her to be in either Ravenclaw Gryffindor or Slytherin I think because of course she's smart that's why she's yeah. in the Mysterious Benedict Society. And she's, I mean, she's terribly clever. She has is always <laughs> making hilarious poems, which she uses to bully people. But, like, 
The things she shares though are more like it's almost sometimes they really need the answer to something and she has it. And she uh-huh. then at the last second is like, oh, and also this. And then they're like, wait, what? Hey, can you not? Yeah. And like, I think again, I'm like, my book Slytherin bias comes out here because I'm like, oh, she's mean. And therefore she fits in the Slytherin category, but that's not it. She's not ambitious at all. But she is kind of self-serving and like not yes. ambitious in the sense of like trying to get further ahead and trying to angle for a position. More ambitious, not even ambitious isn't the right word, but like she's looking for her own interest. And there are reasons yes. the for that, but she's very, very focused and hyper dialed into getting her needs met and mm-hmm. making sure that everything leads back to her being in as comfortable and prime a position as she can be yes Which is why i think slytherin not because she's rude but but because yeah of her attitude toward yeah. other people yeah and not because she's rude but because of her attitude i just was feeling like there was gonna be a musical number people <laughs> The Mysterious Benedict Society, the musical by HBBC. <laughs> Colin, Colin. Oh, saw that Broadway dance step. Oh, oh, more regrets. This isn't a visual podcast. <laughs> just leave people wondering what that means. Just leave that in. <laughs> more regrets that this isn't a visual podcast. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Okay, Lauren, what do you think of Constance? I think I agree with Slytherin because I, I don't know, there's a temptation to put all of those kids in Ravenclaw. Yeah. Because they passed the test, right? That they're mm-hmm. like all very smart. But yeah, I don't think, I think she fits better in Slytherin than Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. My last one, I'm tempted to do like Jack Skellington or Flick, but those they are both absolutely in Ravenclaw, and I'm not going to have anybody tell me otherwise. <laughs> okay. But they are, because they're both very creative, and they, Flick for sure, is a Ravenclaw, because he's an the inventor. Ravenclaw because you like them. No, he's an inventor and a social outcast. He is, like, the mold for Ravenclaw. And Jack Skellington but- is always in pursuit of new ideas and creativity. Ugh. <laughs> I'll not hear anything otherwise. Um, <laughs> I was going to do Dracula, but there's so many different versions of him. I don't feel like... You should do the sun from the Teletubbies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the no. baby, The baby-faced sun. I think it's Slytherin. The most evil, <laughs> truly. Hufflepuffs can be evil? Yeah, no, the most evil version of any house. Okay, what about Norman Bates? Oh, interesting. Are we using original psycho uh, film? Nineteen sixty. Okay, Alfred Hitchcock. Not the not the TV show. Not the TV show. Not the. Not sequels. Freddie Highmore. What'd you say? Not, not Freddie Highmore. Oh, that's the actor in the TV show. No, I. Speaking of, I feel like he might be an evil Hufflepuff. Really? Hmm. Loyalty? That's true. He's a he's a mentally ill Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah. 
And at the end of the day, I I don't know it well enough to know the woman's name. What's the woman's name? Who? Marion Crane? Yes, Marion Crane. Uh, Marion Crane, he does really want Marion to like him. And he wants to be nice to Marion. And he wants to have, like, friendly conversation. Like, he has a desire to connect through being pleasant to each other and kind of having that connection. He's definitely not Slytherin, and he's definitely not Gryffindor. I could see him being Ravenclaw because of his obsession with, like, um, taxidermy, and he's just, like, a little bit. Obsession is a Slytherin quality as well, though. Yeah, but, I mean, not maybe obsession, but just, like, interest and passion and, like... He's not really sharing it with other people, though. Yeah, I just don't feel like he's, like, very calculating or cunning or shrewd like i feel like everything is like impulse and not like well thought out and i don't feel like he has ambitions of like being the best motel runner you know (laughs) anyway that's more where i'm leaning yeah and like being a pushover like we talked about his mom walked all over him right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he'd never stood up to his mom norman bates is a hufflepuff hufflepuff what a yeah, shock. Yeah. You've heard it here. All right, Lauren, bring us on. But it's accurate. Like, yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, my last character is Elliot from E.T. <laughs> um, okay. For a second, I couldn't tell if Emma was rolling her eyes or, like, looking oh, for thought. <laughs> I was searching for thought. She's like, <laughs> <Emma's> ah, like, <laughs> should have guessed an E.T. character. Lauren and her stupid interests. <laughs> Stupid Hufflepuff. Stupid Hufflepuff again. <laughs> this needs to get rid of all the Hufflepuffs and also all the Muggleborns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I I'm getting some Ravenclaw vibes, honestly. Just because really? I feel like, yeah, I feel like he is. <laughs> no, no reason. No, I feel like he's <laughs> he is like interested in in discovery and learning about et and like very dedicated to figure out how to get him home but like he's creative in that sense and he's also not like super popular not that like there is a house that is popular but i just feel like ravenclaws are just like a little bit removed but then i'm also like maybe a little bit of slytherin because he can get like very single-minded and focused in like nothing else matters, or is he Hufflepuff because he has such a strong connection to ET? So I was thinking not Slytherin because not Slytherin, not Slytherin, <laughs> um, because in the end it wasn't really about like his passion for whatever, or because of you know it wasn't the drive to get him home. He actually wanted to kind of go back on his goals and his intentions once he realized that how much he cared about him. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think not Slytherin, but. I could see that I I was gonna I was gonna doubt you in your Ravenclaw assessment, but that sounds I I could be moved to think that. I kind of I'm leaning towards Gryffindor because he wears red. <laughs> <laughs> I keep making these connections, and I'm like, oh, it's because of the color. <laughs> um, but like, so Et is more of the intellectual side of the relationship he's the one who's creating mm. things and Elliot's supporting him in that but not necessarily like he's not researching anything or 
I don't know. He just makes this connection with E.T. and then is just supporting him in that. And he's just a supportive guy. That's true. I I feel like we've talked, and Emma, you've really pointed this out too, with like warm colors versus cool colors, where mm-hmm. Gryffindor and Hufflepuff feel a bit more cozy in personality and they feel a little bit more like feelings, emotions forward versus... Yeah. Ravenclaw Slytherin being a little bit more cerebral and a little bit more like logic forward. So on that sense where Elliot is like connected to E.T. through largely his feelings I I can see where that's more of a Gryffindor Hufflepuff than a Ravenclaw per se. Yeah and I mean my first inclination was to say that he's Gryffindor but that was I mean that's my initial thought but then it's immediately backed up by like ruling out all the other houses because he's not ambitious at all he just wants E.T. to stay around he just wants love he just wants love (laughs) um he's not particularly I don't know like kind or hardworking. he's just a kid (laughs) um but I do think he's and, he's pretty curious, which is a very Ravenclaw mm-hmm. trait. Yes, I agree. But I agree with Lauren's assessment that E.T. is more the one who's the Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't mean they both can't be Ravenclaw, but I think if you're like comparing these two characters, then I think he's more Gryffindor. I think he does just kind of act out of on impulse. emotion and yeah. instinct yeah on impulse um and he just yeah he just loves et and he yeah that's making me think more like hufflepuff though because his main motivations are this friendship and this relationship with a new friend that he's made mm-hmm <clears throat> And his fear of that friendship being taken away or destroyed. Mm -hmm. But would we say that Hufflepuffs are more, like, altruistic? And therefore, Elliot really only caring about E.T. rather than, like, oh, how are my actions affecting my mom? How are my actions affecting Gertie? Mm -hmm. That feels a little bit more like Gryffindor, like, bold, brash, like, this Mm -hmm. objective rather than, like, oh, how am I, like, taking care of everybody? type thing you know Mm -hmm. because that feels more like et that i always feel like et is more of a hufflepuff because he's like all about healing and like connecting with everybody he's like concerned when michael Mm -hmm. has the fake knife pan (laughs) over to (laughs) et shrine (laughs) shrine. (laughs) wow there's a lot happening there (laughs) many new ones Casting my vote for Gryffindor for Elliot, then. Yeah, I stand by Gryffindor. Yeah, I'll say Gryffindor. Some of that main character energy. Well, this has just been way too much fun. Hopefully, (laughs) I don't know that anybody's still listening at this point, but if you are or you have thoughts about what we've done or said, if you agree or disagree, please make your opinions known. Very likely, we'll be coming back and doing this in some form or another, maybe next year. HPBC, what a grand reunion. Thank you. Thank you for your opinions. And even if no one else is listening, 
I'm pretty sure you'll get some text from Emma and I about how our opinions have changed. <laughs> Excellent. I think you can do PJ in your best Harry Potter accent. Dobby! <laughs> yeah, no, that didn't come through at all. That did not register. <laughs> I don't know why it's been struggling so much. It's a good thing we had Dobby on the podcast long before we were having these issues. It would have been one-sided just a little more. <laughs> really good, though, because that means that Georgia can bark so high-pitched and it's just not heard. You took the words straight out of my mouth, PJ! Did it work? <laughs> Did what work? My claps? Um, possibly? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's okay. Apparently, they can't hear her because I think it breaks the sound barrier. She's <laughs> next to the computer, and they were like, "We can't hear her at all," and she was barking full volume. I'm picking for Rachel. No, you're I'm picking for Sarah. Rachel. Oh, as Lauren tries not to look disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> not that she has to pick for Sarah, but she doesn't get to pick for Rachel. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna pick like, a bad character. She's like, I, hey. Oh. <laughs> maintains the same smiley facial expression but it's like oh (laughs) we'll love that one no he was an avid listener don't you dare suggest that he listens to this (laughs) i will shut the podcast down this will be the last episode ever people will wonder (laughs) why i'm gonna put that at the end but not include (laughs) so people will wonder who we're talking about I think one might argue that uh, ET, ET is, is an idol. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I worship. Form of ET. ET reminds me of Jesus, though. So, but yes, you know what? Have you seen her PowerPoint? It's through. You do phone home in a way. Oh, <laughs> not the one-handed praying. <laughs> <laughs> hand the other hand, so it was just a one hand. <laughs> Namaste. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just glanced at Emma's name and I thought it said emancipation. <laughs> we're just finished. This is how it is anytime we're yeah, on Zoom church because <laughs> it always, always, always edits out. It tries really hard to edit out the organ. Oh. So it intermittently is like a few notes and then the sounds like the the instrument at the dentist that sucks up water so it'll be like da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> what a good description of a sound <laughs> <laughs> one second because i'm not you can probably hear the music can you hear the music are you on the toilet <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm getting desperate drink. Oh, that's my one second a day. He will sit here at my bathroom door and just cry. For 30 minutes. That pan over over to Jasper. (laughs) Drinking like he has had water for the last (laughs) years. He's like, 
still, he was still oh, going at it. He's <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Okay. I can't I as long as they're not as long as Cuddly. <laughs> I feel like I'm not as passionate about any of the other ones. Okay, yeah. That could be good. I love we'll that. do we've, one more. We've round. all been so like level-headed and then Scott comes out we're like <laughs> we have feelings about Scott <laughs> Lucas oh, welcome to your podcast debut thank you <laughs> we're in like a dark room but well <laughs> here's Lucas hi hi which house do you think Jesus is in okay <laughs> this is very funny because Lucas joked and was like yeah, and when I meet them, I can just, like, start off with something super sacrilegious. <laughs> and it turns out that you were actually the one to start off with something oh, super sacrilegious. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> Spill your thunder. Jesus said that none of the houses were true. And oh. <gasps> own house. Dang. <laughs> oh. You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my gosh, incredible. <laughs> That's too funny.